Welcome everybody to Dynasty the Podcast. And today what we're going to be talking about first is the mock draft that I'm going to do due to the fact that we're having our draft this weekend and the weekend. And I want to do mine's final one. Again, uh, when I do my mocks, I usually just come from the perspective of if I was their GM. And I know a lot of people know that they're probably going to be trading and stuff like that. So everything won't be finalized. But this is what I would tell them that they need the most or help them win or you know the only one draft that i that i'm not high and that's the uh aiden hutchinson guy i don't i don't think i'm not high on him like everybody else is so i'm going to put what most people think he should go or where i should you know even him being that high i don't put him high but i don't think he's his his He's not as um high level as everybody sees he is he has a great motor but he's not as high level but but the first pick is Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm going to go with the more safest pick, and I think will help them in the first, like, protect their assets and their future. And with um, with the running back, I mean, with the quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, so, yeah, and Trevor Etienne, the running back who's coming back off injury, I think they need a guy that's going to solidify, like, up front and help them up front. And, yeah, pretty much. That's my guy that I'm going with. I know it's another um, tackle that probably could be go first before him, but I'm picking him because I know Alabama produces good tackles. Um, they're well coached. They have they have very sound technique. So I'm going to go with Evan Neal with the first pick if I was their GM and I wanted to win. Um, with number two pick, I think the Lions will get Aiden Hutchinson because he's there. Um, he might be going the first pick, but I. I don't think that will be help Jacksonville right away. I think that will just make it a splash and what everybody's saying is good. And, you know what I'm saying? They're not thinking for, like, what's going to help me now. And I think Aiden Hutchinson is for the Lions. Um, I think it's good for the Lions in the aspect that they're going to be able to sell seats. He went to Michigan. He's standing, he's standing in that area. And it's gonna it's it's a fan favorite, so I think that's a good look for him. So that's why I had to do like my rethinking of things, how it is like from business standpoint or what will help that um franchise. So definitely I'll pick him um at number two. Um Kayvon Thibodeau, um from Oregon. I got him going third to the Texans. I think he um I think he's the most explosive player in the whole draft to me. It's like, just like out of everybody, he flashes that that potential of being like, you know, Hall of Fame potential, like with his ability, just his, just off his athleticism. And he actually played well, like to me, he played well when, when he was in and stuff. So I think he's going to do a great job. And his game translates to today's NFL game because you need pass rushers. It's a lot of, it's like 70% passing most of the time on most of these teams. And, I think, yeah, I think he's he's one of those guys. And um, hopefully it translates to the um, next level, which I think it will. Um, with the fourth pick, most people think Kyle Hamilton is the best player. And I got him going to the Jets. Um, I think he's got, he's got, he's like the um, Troy Polamalu during James Moe. I think if they, the Jets let him play, that role, that Romer star like position, and and let him and let him create plays for them on the defensive side where he sees and attack it. I think that will help 
the Jets in the long run getting a guy like that and just bringing that, bringing that, um, you know, that star power. Um, I think he definitely brings a lot of star power. He, he's very set, technically sound. Um, just that that he got energy. Like he he flashes on the film. Like when you see him play and he make plays, it changes the energy of the team when he make plays. So. He's he's a natural leader in that aspect, so I I think that's gonna be a good pick for them if they were to pick him, or if he doesn't get picked in the first three picks, by the Texans or the um, Jacksonville or the Lions, whichever way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the fifth pick, um, I got the Giants selecting Equan, Equan, Akim Equan. I'm sorry. I said his last name for us. His first of tackle from NC State. Um, I think, I think he's probably t- got the balance of pass setting and run blocking. Like his his upside might be a little bit higher than Evan Neal, but Evan Neal, like I said, went to Alabama. They play against high level people all 10, 10 games out of the year, and. You know, I think, but this guy on his film looks like he might be the best tackle. But we're gonna see when he gets to when everybody's just as good as him. How consistent is he going to be in the NFL? And I, you know, it's fifth being a fifth pick, and probably flipping the coin between him and Evan Neal is like what's probably going to happen if he get picked first or he get picked fifth. Like this between them two, and in my eyes, what will happen? They they pretty much are the two best from grading and watching the film that they, they graded out as the two best. And I think you can't miss with those two. They both look like legit legit stars in the league. And I think it's always a couple tackles that splash until the um even if they don't last long, they usually if the tackles don't last it's cause they get injured or something. So that's usually what happens and why people always drafting them high. But it don't be because they're not talented enough, because their body breaks down. And I don't know I don't think these guys have these guys have the potential to go in and do their thing. So definitely, um, they need to. The reason why I got the Giants picking them is because they need to protect their asset. And uh, if they want Daniel Jones to be successful and Saquon Barkley to be successful, they need to bolster their own offensive line first. And like I said, this is Daniel Jones last year. If he does not win, I don't even know. Like it seemed like since um Eli left. The Giants is like dead. Like I don't even think about the Giants in like an aspect of winning. Like it's an afterthought. I know everybody else feel the same way because everything's based out of. If you know the NFL, everything's based out of there. But it's like nothing going over there. It's like nothing, no winning's happening in New York right now. So somebody got to get it turned around. Whether it's the Jets or the Giants, they they both picking high. They in the top five, both of them. So you tell me what they need to do. They need to figure it out. They need to help their guys that they pick their skill players out and or help their back end or the pass or whatever whoever could play make for them or or help their playmakers they need to find that key guy the top ones that's available and, and we're gonna see what they do i picked the um tackle for them so yeah um the panthers i seen a lot of people just over time I, i've been watching everybody's like mock draft or whatnot i don't watch stuff like that so i just get the list of the top and I do a little bit of research myself. I don't think the Panthers should draft the quarterback in the first round because they have so many more like holes and like you can. The way I feel like you should build a team in, in, in any level of football is interior. 
your up your front seven, your 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 five offensive linemen. And the fact that all these teams are in the top, they need help on the back end or pass rush or they need they need tackles or they need great the the the, the high the high level interior guard and centers um some of these teams that I'm talking about. And this is one of those teams and I got the Panthers picking Charles Cross the tackle um from Mississippi State. And I think, like I said, you know, they don't have really what they don't have their franchise quarterback supposedly. We'll see what the guys that they have there do this year. But if they want to help the guys that are there, they need to bolster their line. And I think this going to help, even though this might be a little bit of a reach, but you kind of think about it. The two two offensive tackles just got picked in the top five. So you got to you got to do something. You got to. You can't, you know, either you got to get a high-level interior or DN, or you need to get a, a nice tackle. And I think he, he, his film, his film, he's nasty enough. He he he's coachable enough. He's not unathletic. He doesn't play high or nothing like that. So, you know, what I'm saying like certain, like I look at stuff like that from like if you don't play high, you can move your feet. You can get coached up. So you just got to bring that. To, you got to have that want to because it's a battle every play. You out there way longer than the defense alignment because the offensive alignment do not get breaks. The defense alignment are in heavy rotation in the NFL, so all that stuff matters. And like guys like this, like usually be like they're talented, but then in the NFL you got guys rotating in, and then people are lazy. People don't, you know, these guys are big guys, so it's all stuff like that. I don't know if Charles Cross is lazy or nothing like that. I'm just saying from my eyes how big he is. You know what I'm saying? Like things can wear on people, like consistently doing stuff over. Um, yeah, number seven pick back to like the Giants. Um, I think I'm going to pick, I will pick for them. I will pick Derek Stingley. I think Stingley is the best quarterback in the, even though he didn't play, I think he's the best cornerback in this draft, even though I know people are going to be trying to get on me about this, but he just, to me, he has that ability. Like when he gets the ball, he could score and like flip the whole game. Like I like quarterback cornerbacks that, have great ball skills. Not saying um, Amar, Amar Gardner doesn't have great ball skills or anything. I'm not even saying that. I don't even think that's the reason why I'm not picking him. I'll tell y'all why when I get to him. But LSU plays high-level people all the time. It's different from the A, the AAC division, like the conference in the um, college, than it is the SEC. It's a complete – it's like it's like comparing um, – Steak like lobster and steak, like I mean lobster and chicken, like it's two different. It's both white meat, but they're not the same. Like yeah, it's like I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's a different level of competition in the SEC. Um, the eighth pick, I got the Atlanta Falcons picking Ahmad. Ahmad Gardner, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the cornerback for Cincinnati. Um, I feel like he is very complete, and I feel like is like he. If everybody would go say he's the best cornerback, I can't argue with them because his film shows that he probably is the best cornerback in this draft. But the level, the playing level, like I just all I have, all I have to say for like him is not nothing that he has done. It's just like I want to see what he has done translate exactly till the NFL like he's been playing and that I will shut me up that will and I didn't drop him like 
seven spots like some dumb people might do if they feel like his competition level is not good. I know good players are everywhere, so especially athletes, it's everywhere. So, you know, it just it's just like I said, like which call played in the SDC and the other one played in AAC, so it's not the same. And I just know that that guy been working all year. He's been fine-tuning. He probably got all his NFL friends from LSU that he knows has like you know he's been grinding so I know which guy's gonna come in ready to play and and I and like I said Gardner has played well his whole career at Cincinnati for the last two years especially and he's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna do well I think I don't I don't think he's gonna do bad but like I said the Falcons need cornerback because they just gotta play the Bucks and they have to you know. They have to compete. If they want to compete, they have to shut them guys down. They need somebody like him. So I think that would be a perfect fit for him. Uh, he's going to enjoy where he's going to. Like He's going to be all right. So if he goes to, if he goes there, New York and Atlanta is pretty cool. So both places are cool. Um, yeah. The number nine pick, I got the Seattle Seahawks taking Trayvon Walker, the, def- the edge rusher from um, Georgia. Um, I think... This pretty much sums up. Anybody I talk about from Georgia's defense from last year, they all could be in the top 20. So, like, even if they, like, somebody ranked them this or that, these guys are all studs. They dominated the SEC. They dominated everybody they played, and they won their rematch against the Alabama. Like, everything panned out like it was supposed to, and they all deserving of being in the top. They all deserve to be where they're supposed to be getting picked. They need to be in the um, first round, all of the guys that played on that defense that's in this draft. They deserving of it. That whole defensive line is just, I mean, they different. I don't know if because they different. They had a good rotation. I know that was a thing, but the guys were different. They were they were studs. So like he's 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 one of the top guys, if not the top, um, on that defense. So yeah, see y'all. And they, I think he's a Pete Carroll guy. I think they lost Bobby Wagner. I think they need somebody to come step in. Even though he plays the edge, I think he can. He's a versatile player. Cause that's what they teach in Georgia. So wherever Pete Carroll need him at, he gonna be able to play it. And I like that move if they don't go offense or something, or quarterback, which I doubt. I don't think none of the quarterbacks are just none of them really are just wild to to me. You know, so yeah. The number ten pick is back with the Jets. I know some of these are trades and stuff. I had went through. I'm not really worried. I'm just going off what they say is the who got the pick from the list I got. And the Jets with the number 10 pick, I got them picking Jameson Williams. And I just, I don't know, my last mock, I talked about him, and I think he's just the best wide receiver in this class. He showed that to me on film. He got hurt the last game of the year. And, yeah, like, he's way better than everybody to me. Like, he's not even close. Like, his speed translates to the the speed of the NFL and it shows on film because he runs past people in the SEC consistently and his route running and you just check the resume of all the other guys that just came out. Um, you got but starting with Julio and then trickling all the way back down. Ridley, Judy, everybody that's number one route receivers. They have the potential on um, the guy that rugs, he was number one for the um you know, these guys are studs, so and I know you got to try I'm just mentioning these people, even the um um, the guy for the Eagles, you know, all these guys are wide receivers that, and that, and he fit like he was next up, like he came in, dominated. But letting the call finalist, if he, I think he won, I don't know if he won that, but you know, these guys are all Mari Cooper type players, like these guys are studs. So 
you got to take that risk. And from all the reports that are coming out that he's doing good, he's on schedule, he should be fully go by training camp and all that. So, and you know, Alabama has the best doctors, the best, all this, like they, they high level. So he's taking care of, he's he going to be all right. He probably on to the next, so I'm just saying him getting injured. He's, he's taking care of, uh, I never hear about them not being able to take care of their players over there. So yeah, he's going to be all right. If, that should not be an issue. And if the Jets want to really make splash plays and, and win and try to go up top and, like, compete against the Bing, like the Bengals having Jamar Chase, like, these guys need those type. You need a guy like that on your team. And I think he has that ability. So they need to pick him. I don't care what the injury was and whatnot. You got to take a risk because y'all don't do it. The Jets, to me, have never drafted well. So they need to just start drafting by, like, who's the best player. <laughs> And when they do get the best player, they usually don't keep them because they don't win. So, it's just weird. They need to be more consistent on all that stuff. Um, Washington's up next. I got them. I got them picking Garrett Wilson. Um, I think it will help booster what they already have. Um, I think they need need more playmakers. They they like one playmaker away from like really being a little bit of you know just consistently explosive. I won't say they're not explosive, but they you know they hit or miss every other week. Like that's how I feel about the um, Washington team. And I think him being on the team, he makes first downs and touchdowns, and I think that's what they need. And I think it'll be a good you know from. He, most people think he's a top ten type player, I guess, but. I'm not as high as him, but if he is considered a top 10 player, get him at 11 is a good deal. Like, a good, what they need and what I feel like they need because they do, you know, they might need a lineman, but I don't want them to reach for a, a lineman. That, you know, I don't know. I think they need a wide receiver more than they need a lineman because I think they do a good job of just keeping tough um, interior linemen and all that tackle. They don't usually have super, super issues with that at Washington. I didn't see that from them when I seen them play. I just know that they need to be more explosive and score more points because they have a good defense. They have a decent running game, so you know it's all on it's all on what they they feel up up in there. You know when you get to the middle of the draft like this, it's all on it's all depending on what you want to strengthen to get you over the top. That's what I feel, and I think that's what they need to strengthen the wide receiver core. Um, at twelve, the Vikings. I got them picking. Tyler Linderbaum, I think I said it right. <laughs> the interior lineman for Iowa. Um, I think the Vikings, this is like I said, it's going to help them get over tight. They draft well as far as like defensive line, interior linebackers and all that. Good, you know, decent cornerbacks and stuff. I don't think they need to reach for a safety or anything. Like I think they can get somebody like that in the second round. But they, I think if they got the best interior lineman, it's going to help bolster their offense like you know what I'm saying they need to help their offense a little bit on this draft because they have they have they have Jefferson on the outside you know they got you know they got a decent court they got Dalvin Cook which I think they need to help prolong you know give him the best opportunity to win like they need to milk him way harder Kirk Cousins need to be protected inside like I think getting that young guy different energy like competition like it's going to help that that like inside run and all that stuff they like the stretch run and all that stuff they like to do get somebody like him will rejuvenate 
the um the game their game, you know. So I think they need a guy like that on their team. Um, at thirteen, I got the Texans taking Drake London. Um, the Texans they need help kind of everywhere. I had them. They picked the edge rusher. I had them picking the edge rusher with their third pick, and I think they need somebody to like throw the ball down. And I think his length. He's a complete. He's like. Okay, just to give you a reminder, like like when Keyshawn Johnson came out at, of USC, I know he. I'm just comparing them because they both went to USC, but they 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 give me similar vibes, like big, long, great hands, touchdowns, and first down. Like he gonna he gonna be able to create that type of energy when he get to Texas. If they, you know, even even more recent one. Now I'm not comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not even really trying to say he had a, he's gonna have a career like Keyshawn did because Keyshawn is a champion. He won, but. I'm saying like he he can he could get he fits the mold that big wide receiver. If he pans out, he can have that potential type of career or something. So the Texans got to start somewhere. They need to get good solid players in the locker room, and they in a complete rebuilding. Um, at 14, I don't know if he'll be here. Jermaine Johnson uh, for Florida State. He might easily get picked. By like Seattle or something at nine instead of Trayvon Walker, but Jermaine Johnson's he has the most upside out of everybody to me, and I think if he goes to the Ravens, he's gonna he's gonna grow more than that's that's the place he's gonna grow the most at. Just in my eye, just knowing the type of like energy that they 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 command their defensive players to have, I think he's gonna continue to go. Up. He's only he's not he doesn't have his ton of experience, but every time he plays, he gets better. So. When you get a player like that, you want to keep him on. You want to, You want somebody like that. I'm talking about every game he gets better. Like I'm talking about in the high level of the game he gets better. So that's hard. This that's hard to do. That means he just inexperienced. That means he has because I know he hasn't played a lot. It's more like I know he wasn't playing when he was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I know this story. So he's not. He he got a lot to just grow in he's, every game. Even all the coaches he get in. The coaching he getting, he takes in, he does it well, and he and he utilizes it when he gets on the field. So definitely got him fourteen to the Ravens. Um, at fifteen, I got Trevor Penning, offensive tackle for Northern Iowa. Guy went to a smaller school, but you know his film shows that he's tough, he's nasty. Um, I think the Eagles need to strengthen. Like again, with the type of player they have, their quarterback is a RPO type guy. I don't think. And I think he's gonna technique wise with his pass set and just getting used to the speed of the guy. I think he's gonna be able to handle it. If not, they always could kick him inside and they have a big guard and he'd be nasty and physical. And you know how this going in the field. Like you just need nasty physical linemen. At the end of the day, when you get to playoffs, you need those guys to be tough. You don't need them to be weak people or weak. You know, you need strength up there. So. The 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 um, NFC East is for the taking, and I think they have to go all in. And I like what they do on the running game because I think they led the, t- the team the um NFL in running last year, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't have stats, but I'm pretty sure they did or top three. Um, so yeah, they they a strength makes a strength for these mid range level like that will bump them instead of not being in the playoffs, they'll be in the playoffs with like the fifth pick, the fifth um like just. Little stuff like that, helping their run game, squeezing out a, a win or two just because they are able to run the ball and control the clock better. Like, little stuff like that. And I just like, yeah, I, I'm picking it. That's why I told them to pick. They need somebody to help them inside. Um, At 16, I got the Saints picking Chris 
O'Clave, Ohio State's wide receiver. I think I just think they need to give Jameson another playmaker and I think he's gonna be the one left. They might I don't think they need a a long big wide receiver. They have two or three of those on their team already. They need a guy that's inside that can get first downs underneath, shallow routes, deep 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 you know, crossing routes underneath. Just those guys to get the ball and make make first downs and, you know, get create mismatches inside with inside linebackers and stuff like that. So they need a guy like that. If they utilize him like that. So yeah. Picking him. Arsenal from Ohio State at 17. I got the Chargers. I got them picking Devin Lloyd. Utah. Inside linebacker. Or the linebacker from Utah. Um, I just think the Chargers lack inside. Like, you know, just something inside is not – don't sit well. I don't think it's their D-line. It's just their linebackers. I think they need a better job because I see, like, they miss a lot of tackles, like, when they don't need to. When, in crucial moments, I think they need a guy like him to come in and be a thumper and just be sideline to sideline. can play anywhere that they need at the time because I don't think they need it. Derwin James, every time I watch the Chargers, like, Derwin James, every time the team make a play – Daryl James is the one that makes the tackle when it's like a safe tackle, like save the play tackle. All right? And if they go to his side, he usually makes his tackle. So they just need an extra guy in there that's going to be us, you know, a primetime player where you're going to see the play, hit the play. Like they need another player like that, and I think he fits that mood. I think they'll – or if they don't pick him, they need to find a linebacker like that to help them. So if he's there, I'm pretty sure he graded out as the number one, you know, one of the top – guys in um in the class and they need to pick pick that player yep <clears throat> at 18 got the eagles again i got them picking george coral offices i think that's how you spell it <laughs> or say it it's the uh, edge rusher from purdue uh, i just think like i said eagles they help interior the way they play their playing style, getting sacked. They're going to have to sack Dak Prescott and all that. And, and Daniel Jones, all these guys that throw the ball around. I think they need an on edge rusher help them solidify their game or just solidify competing against these teams that they do play against to help them win the division. I think they need a guy like that. And he's, I'm pretty sure, he, like I said, I watch, but it's like, when you see people talk about, like, they watch them in their combine and stuff, these people bumping people that's probably better than them. So I'm not tripping about that. I don't want to be too off, but I really watch football, so I'm looking at it like, some of these players are not going to pan out. They just got a name. They just went out there and ran a fast 40. You know, they don't got up there. So, you know, some of these got players you got to wait and see. I'm not saying none of these, like, everybody that I see is going to plan out to be studs, but I try to pick in the guys that, fit the mold of the team and like what matches or it makes sense and, you know like i said everybody watch they watching a ton of personal game film where you got the camera right behind the players and shit so i'm not getting that film but i'm trying i'm watching i'm seeing i, I see how they you know even like you gotta understand <laughs> we're gonna see how they go when they get there that's all i can say about those these players that's getting picked in the middle at 19 I got the Saints picking Jordan Davis. Um, that's the interior defense lineman. Um, 
from the, the for, from Georgia. I think, like I said, these guys have were all studs to me. So they need the Saints. The Saints are like they need somebody inside. I think they got they got decent inside linebackers. He's gonna help. He's gonna help with just solidifying these guys. They're getting a little bit older up front, and I think the youth will help them stay relevant. Like even like competing for the um conference, the division title. So I think they need a guy like that. And he's a champion. And like I said, he looked like one of the best defensive. He looked like a t when he was since they go in rotation. This guy looked like he could be a top ten. But these guys were in rotation, so their stats not as great as others might think they should. You know, just like them getting rotation, they got heavy rotation in Georgia. So we're gonna see. I think that'll be a good pickup. That'd be a, a um what do you got, a value pick at nineteen if they were to get him at nineteen. So yeah, they need help. They need they need that. Like I said, need strengthen what they already good at. And I I like I like the way the Saints play interior. Like they're just physicality. That guy will help them be even more physical and just tough and strong. So yeah, at twenty, I same thing. I I I feel like the Steelers are definitely gonna pick Malik Willis from Liberty. Um, he's the only guy I feel. With the potential to, he should get picked in the first round. Like quarterback, I don't like people reaching for quarterbacks. There's so many sorry quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> Why you continue to reach? I don't understand. Like you just gotta wait your turn when the guys come up, and sometimes you gotta say your draft picks when that time for you to go all the way up and get that guy. It's gonna happen every few years. So like, I wouldn't waste my time trying to get no sorry ass quarterback. I'll probably trade out. Like, I'll. <laughs> I'll wait till next year or something if I was a GM because I can't see myself being the GM like, oh, this guy possibly, he looks good, but he, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know deep down, like, this is not the guy. Like, it's a red flag that he's not the guy. So it's like, yeah, Malik Willis doesn't give me too many red flags. He's a little, he's not short enough. He's got good size, you know, but he didn't play no high competition. And but I think if he goes to Steelers, they won't rush him on the field. They won't. They will develop him. They will let him sit maybe a year, a year and a half, whatever he needs to get to be the potential of him. Because Steelers are like a well-oiled machine. They always in the race. It don't matter who's behind the center, whatever it may be. They're they always coached up to whatever they whatever they can possibly be at the time. Like even if they have injuries, they're gonna be coached up. So yeah, I think for sure it's not. Yeah, Malik Malik is a good fit for them. That's why I will pick. I will pick him if I if I was in. I would pick him because I think he has the potential to be an NFL a star quarterback, like in the upper echelons of it. Um, at twenty one, I got them. I got the Patriots picking the Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia. Like I said, everybody from Georgia, pretty much, I'm high level. I think they're high level. I think they're studs. And I, cause you always when I watch the game, I just see. This number flies, that number flies, this number flies. Like, it never was one person just, everybody was to the ball, all 11 heads type shit. So, I, I like Georgia's defense. I like they coaching over there. <laughs> whoever whoever coaching that, they doing it the way, it's the right way. And definitely, I'm, I'm hyped about them guys coming into the league. I want to see what they all do. And he's and the Patriots, that's a Patriot type player. Like, him, they need new, they need. Fresher new legs inside linebacker because they was slacking a little bit towards the end of the year. 
just giving up when unnecessary, like closing down, like they might be a third and five. They'll get a third and five on the run game. Like I know that shit probably made Bill Belichick lose fucking 10 years of his life seeing shit like that last year. You know what I'm saying? So he needs to get young blood in there and just go in there and, just, you, know, you know, get back to work, get, get some. You know, gotta let your old guys go or make them role players or something. <laughs> but he needs some fresh blood in there, and I think it's a good group of um, defensive players this year that they could pick from. At 22, I got the Packers picking Traylon Burks from. <clears throat> I just think he's he he fits the mold of what type of player that like even. All the way dating back from when um, Jordy Nelson was at the um, Packers, and you know, this is not. I'm not talking. I'm talking about when he, when Aaron Rodgers first took over. The type of wide receiver, the big, long wide receivers, the guys that could catch, the sure-handed ones, where it's cold, hot, wet, whatever it may be. Burks is the guy, and I think he, if he falls to 22, which I think he will, I don't think they're gonna reach for him, but he's 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 ranked up around that in that mid 20s range. And I think 22 is pretty decent for them to get him. And they need to put – they definitely – I feel like they're going to pick a wide receiver. I don't know if that's going to be the guy, but they got to pick somebody at a wide receiver. <laughs> they lost two of their best – they two – they lost their number one and number three receiver. And I know they probably signed some people or whatever, whatever. But they, they definitely should still have competition and draft some high-end players and people that's going to come compete. And you never know what you're going to get out of these guys on their first-round pick. So – if he's graded out the number one, uh, uh, top on uh, the uh, first round pick, they should get him. And they, and like I said, it fits the mold of what they just lost at the number one receiver being the sight, the size and height. And we're gonna see what they do. At number twenty three, I got the Cardinals picking Zion Johnson from Boston College, the interior offensive lineman. Um, I think Cardinals failed up front at the end of the year. And I think they got to solidify just helping. They didn't do a good job. You don't want inside penetration for your quarterback that's 5'9", five, 5'10", five, whatever he may be. It's You just don't want that. Like, I, I know, trust, I always t- I, I don't, you got to form a pocket. You got to let the guy step up. So if you have bad interior linemen, it's going to be, it's going to be uphill. And I feel like when the guys come off the edge, Tyler Murray does a good job of escaping those. But if he gets right up inside him, where he's going to see, he can't even see down the field. He's guessing now. He just, you know, he's he picking a spot and throwing it to. So they got to solidify that, and I think this would be a good pick at 23. Uh, I think, yeah, it's going to help them. And I'm not saying this guy, but I'm pretty sure he's physical. Like, if you are graded out in the first round as an interior guard or test center, you – are physical. You're not, you can't be not physical because, like, interior linemen don't get graded in the first round if you're not physical. So, the guy from Boston College, yeah, I'm, I'm picking him and he graded out pretty high. So, I'm going to definitely go ahead and get him over there, over there with the um, Cardinals. At 24, I got Devontae Wyatt, the um, inside defensive lineman from Georgia. Again, this is one of the guys that was in rotation. And he's probably a little bit more athletic than, than Davis is. But, you know, you, these guys are all good. Like, they all flat. They all stood out to me. So, they all look the same. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just different numbers. But days on the back. They all was good. And, yeah, I think Dallas. Oh, not Dallas. Excuse me. Yeah, Dallas. I think 
they need to help their defensive line because they lost some key pieces. And I know they gained a few, you know, um, middle-of-the-road guys that's trying to get back to the full form. But they need to get a, a young guy in there to compete with these veterans so they won't have a lack of, you know, people coming in thinking that they, they just run. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have superiority, you know. You need somebody young in there to kick them in the ass every day. Like, you know, I like the fact that the – and it will help with the the pick with Parsons pick that they got last first round last year. So they need to keep keep building on what they are and what they have. And you, you only can get stronger when you add on to something that's already really good. So definitely they, they need him. And like I said, interior D-line will help free up – um free up Parsons and all that, just going off the edge, not going up the middle so much, just having some young guys that can pass rush like that. Everybody on Georgia could pass rush, the big men and all. So I think that would be a really valuable pick if they get him. <clears throat> At 25, the Bills, I have them picking David Ojobo, defense, the edge rush for Michigan. I know he, like, I feel like when I watch him, he probably didn't get notarized as Agent Hutchinson, but I don't understand why. Because, like, he flashed a little bit, like, more skill to me. And I'm not being funny. I'm just telling you, like, what was the difference? <laughs> they both was on the same team. Like, others get super high, the other was not. I guess the motive, but I'm more of a, like, can I, can I motivate you to go hard? Or even in the NFL, most NFL teams have rotation. So... I don't need you to be an every down player to be a star. Like, you know what I'm saying? To be an actual star, to get 12 to 15, no, 10 to 15 sacks a year. And I think that guy has the ability because he, you know, we're going to see. Like, he, I don't think he had great stats in college, but I'm just saying, like, over time, experience, he's one of those guys that could get better. So I'm picking him definitely over, you know, not over him, but I'm picking him. At 25 for the Bills. I think it'll help the Bills, too. The Bills have a good team. I like their back end. I like the corners and safeties. I think they had a lot of injuries last year in the back end. They're going to come back. And I think attitude the, as an edge rusher is going to help their back end. So everything's going to time out and, and, and balance itself out like that. And that's who, I'm, that's who I think they should pick. At 26, I got the Titans picking Trent McDuffie. A lot of people have this guy going in, like, top – Top, you know, top 20, and he getting picked at 12. I got him picked, picked at 26. I just think his overall coverage skills and tenacity and, and toughness, that's what people are looking for. And he he, he checks all the, bo- you know, checks, checks off all the boxes. So he might be not even here, just depending on, you know, how the draft really goes. But I'm just talking about from my perspective, this is a value pick. I have to pick this guy just because his grade and what I need, and like Titans need cornerback. So, yeah, I'm gonna pick Trent McDuffie's at 26. At 27, I got K. Keon Green, <clears throat> the interior office alignment from the Texas A&M. He's very versatile. He plays multiple positions, and they very well coached over there at Texas A&M. They play high competition, and I just think. I just think. Oh, I got the Bucks picking. I'm sorry, that was the 27th pick. My bad. I did not. I did not name the team, but I just think the Bucks need that guy because they lost two people. One retired. One went to a new team. I know the Bucks probably signed another guy, but they need to solidify 
protecting our quarterback, protecting um the quarterback Tom Brady, which is in, I think it's gonna be his last year, if I'm not mistaken. But just like they need to protect him, they need to give him the best chance to win. If they don't give him a lineman, they need to give him another skill guy. Go get another running back. Going there to the, the I know they don't grade the running backs in the first round, but it's like two running backs that easily. I love the running back from Michigan State. I think he's actually better than, you know, like I like the way he runs the ball. But we also got Leonard Fournette. I think yeah, Leonard Fournette's time back. I think no, Leonard Fournette's still. Yeah, we might have to go get. Yeah, we might have to get a running back. So it all depends on what they do. Like if they don't sign him back, we are gonna probably need a running back at the twenty seventh pick. And I like the running back from Michigan State, so we might have to we could trade back and get the running back from and get the and Bucks get the running back from Michigan State, and I like and I like that move. We might get an extra pick in the third round or something from one of the higher higher um. You never knew, but yeah, if I had to, I'll pick the interior lineman. Um, we'll see what they do. We we'll see what the Bucks do. At twenty eight, the Packers. Um, I got them. Hill from um Michigan, I think he's he's this is the twenty eighth. He's getting picked twenty eighth, which is a very high value because I think he graded out at top, not no high no lower than twenty five. So his value is very high. Like if he's left up there, um. So I think the Packers just need help on the back end because of their, their division and like. You know, they play in the NFC, they need to be able to cover, and they're always competing for championships. So they need a guy that can be a, a quarterback on the other side. You know, he, he comes from a um a system that is NFL type of system and coaching and everything like that. So I think he's gonna be ready instantly. I think the cornerbacks the cornerbacks at um Green Bay are, are high level. So I think adding a safety like him will be will be a beneficial. Um yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. At 29, I got the Chiefs picking Andrew Booth from cornerback from Clemson. I just think the losing losing um, Tyron Matthew, they need to um, put somebody, put fresh, new, you know, new players, you know, get some new blood over the back end, some new life over there. And I, I think. It will help them in the coverage. I don't know about tackling and you know, how good boo, but I think it helped with the um slot guys and all that that Tyron used to do. So I think they're gonna be all right if they pick him. It's gonna help them. It's a passing league, so I guess they kind of looking at it like that when they didn't sign him back, and they can get somebody cheaper in the draft probably. So we're gonna see what they do with that twenty ninth pick. But they have to. That's a big boy, and I know they probably got a free agent or whatever, somebody cheaper. But you still need new guys and keep guys on their toes and competing. And that's what I think they need to make sure they do in the draft when they when they draft him for a replacement for him. It's gonna be a big boy loss. At number thirty, I got um, Brees. I think his name is Brees Hall, running back from Iowa State. I don't want to say it's wrong. I want to say it wrong, but Brees Hall from Iowa State. Uh, I think the Chiefs are known for just being smart and be like, oh, I'm at the bottom, but I can get the best running back. And it's not a big deal because we already winning still. So, And they lost Tyreek Hill, and I think he fits the mold of being the the, 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 um, the running back that Andy Reid likes. Who could, he's a three-down back. He can run. He can catch the ball in the backfield. And 
He's tough. He's physically, you know, he's a complete back of the today's NFL. So I think him seeing that and the other guys that they got didn't really pan out. And you got to come sometimes competition, um, iron sharp iron. I think Andy Reid is good at putting people in tough position to make them win. So I think this would be a good pick for him. And, like, you know, it helps solidify their offense a little bit more. I think they got plenty of wide receivers. I don't, I'm not saying they're Tyreek Hill type people, but they got – they need a. They need another guy that could catch the ball, though. So that's that they're gonna lose. They get, the production that Tyreek Hill brought. They're gonna have to do it as a collective. Everybody got to be ready to go. And I know they're gonna be coached up, um, and put in the right position. At thirty-one, um, I got them. I got them. Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle for Central Michigan. Um, I don't. It really at this point. If if Cincinnati don't move up and try to get somebody that's even better than him, I just think that they need a lineman. They need a tackle. They need a guard. They need a, they need a lot. And if some of them like if a material lineman that I named that's a high level, that then they they probably didn't get picks for people overreaching for quarterbacks or any stupid stuff like that, listening to the wrong people, um, Cincinnati could easily go interior and get somebody high level and and you know how you know have the potential of being a all-pro. Depending on how the draft goes in real life with, you know, people, I'm picking for 32 teams. Everybody's thinking different. So I'm just telling you that they're going to get alignment for sure. With their first pick, they have to go offensive line. And they're going to probably get a good bargain, whoever they get, because it's going to be somebody overreaching for something that they shouldn't. And Cincinnati's been in a good position. They just came off the Super Bowl. I like, I like that. And I love their offensive weapons already. So they just need to strengthen their line. And their defense was pretty solid. If they don't go offensive line, they got to go defensive line. If they stay at 31, they probably just be a stud, an edge rusher or something like that. That's going to get picked in the early first, first, second round or something like that. But they could go there or there. But they definitely need to help their line. Um, In the last, in the 32 pick, I got... Detroit picking Kenny Pickett. I just think Detroit needs a quarterback. I don't believe in their quarterback, and I think he's on his way out. And if the quarter, and I think the coach is gonna have to reach for somebody just to save his job because he seems like a pretty good coach, like throwback type coach. But it's just like, um, <laughs> you know, you you know when you, like you don't have a long leash. I don't think he has a long leash just because he's super old school and. But maybe they keep him around because they got a little bit more, like, openness with him. Like, people allow him, you know. He's a nice guy. So, we're going to see what they do. They they literally went, lost almost all their games last year, though. So, you got to turn it around, man. So, he might need to make that change sooner than later. And he might have to pick, pick it. But that's what I – the quarterbacks and who picked the two quarterbacks, that's what I don't got picked going above his potential. He's like – you got to look at it like this. I don't see him growing anymore – being any stronger, you know what I'm saying? Having his actually a little bit better. I actually like the Cincinnati quarterback more than him. I should, you know, if I was, if I wasn't doing this, like, like I'm, like I said, there's a couple picks that I know that's not gonna happen. But Ritter could easily be better than Kenny Pickett. Like this, this was his potential. I actually liked him at um Cincinnati. I liked that he was a winner. He didn't lose a lot. He was coached very, very well. So. He can easily go in the first round too, so we're gonna see. Um, that's pretty much it for, you know, my mock draft. 
going to keep it right along moving. Y'all can digest that at y'all leisure, at y'all time, whatever y'all feel. But, like, it's heavy, heavy sports this week because there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the real period, but, hey, everybody don't want to hear about the real real. So, I'm just give y'all this, give y'all this, what, what it is and what it ain't. <laughs> um, But the NBA, the, I, I watched a ton of, like, the games. The games um this weekend, I just felt like I shouldn't do it every day on the weekends. People don't people be in their own zone. There's no reason to um give y'all NBA stuff. And like I just spent time with myself, went to the beach, stuff like that, enjoyed my time. And but yeah, we're gonna just discuss really quick the NBA, the games and series and the, what the games looking like. And we're gonna start right with tonight's game, Philly versus Toronto, I like Philly to win it to win it tonight. I think Joel B. Um, if he wins tonight, it's no doubt in my mind that he is the MVP. But I don't know how people don't haven't voted him to be the MVP. But I don't, you know, you know how this goes. We'll talk about the the awards after I discuss the um, games. But yeah, he definitely they gotta um they gotta close it out tonight. I think they should, they need to just so he can solidify his. His, his his step as MVP and James Harden got to close the game out. Maxi and the other guys on the bench got to help do their part, play better defense than they did when they lost that one game. So yeah, they got to do it. The other game <clears throat> tonight is Boston and Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Brooklyn, but hey, I haven't really I didn't discuss none this this weekend, and I just don't understand how I think. It's the changing of the guards. It's already happened. Like, KD, LeBron, all them guys losing. The only people who really, only person really hanging on because they draft well and they, they actually had to go through it already with injuries and learning how to play without Steph and Clay and everybody else. So the young guys got a lot of experience. So now that the Warriors, I'm knocking on wood. I'm literally knocking on wood for the Warriors because I want to see them guys finish the whole play. It's been tough on them all to finish this one unit for a long time. But, you know, we got Dollar over. They look like the old... They look like they're legit to win. Like, they could win it all to go to State Warriors game. So, knocking on wood, helping guys stay healthy. And like I said, Brooklyn looks like the opposite. Like, they're falling apart. They don't have the, the key, the pieces. Um, the final game... Um, that I'm going to talk about um, for tonight. Well, the final game for tonight is Dallas versus Utah. I think this, game, this is a pretty much a toss-up series. It's back and forth. So, if I had to pick, I'll pick Dallas. But I don't know who's going to actually win this series because it's like whoever's hot. <laughs> Nobody really plays super sound defense to me, in my opinion. And I just think it's going to be back and forth. And we're going to see what happens. But... I'm pretty much this game's gonna go. I think it's gonna go to the seven series, seven game series, and I think Dallas in seven. <laughs> That's my opinion of that. Um, since we didn't talk a lot, like I was saying, since we didn't talk a lot about over the weekend, I mean, over the weekend, I didn't really, I didn't go into it like I was saying before. I'm just going to talk about the games that's happening Tuesday and give my picks on Wednesday's game as well. And just to like recap this weekend. Um, Phoenix versus New Orleans um, on Tuesday. I really think it's, like, really changed. The tie has changed, and we're watching, like, a team, like, grow up, like, like get their get their wings kind of, like. It's like 
they could win. Like Booker's down, their benches, their young guys, their rookies are just have outs that did doing a fantastic job of playing defense. And it's like they've been there before. And like Ingram, I think people forget how much Ingram has taken like far as not mental abuse, but like him mentally tough. Like him being ready for this moment. He started off with the Lakers and that was tough on him just having to live up to to being number two overall pick, playing for the Lakers, and he got traded and stuff. He had went through a lot, I think, just mentally, not just his game-wise, but, like, confidence. And I think the coach has instilled, like, the ultimate confidence in his players, which is what the job of the head coach and stuff is supposed to be doing, and just letting them guys um, take the shit where they need to go. And I think that's what he's done. He let the guys go and play. And Ingram's playing out his mind, like giving 40 a game almost. So I think CP3 can't do nothing with that, you know what I'm saying? Booker's out for the whole series. So, like, you do, you do. And then CJ CJ has bring, brought a great, like, leadership. He controls the pace of the game so well. Like, he never moves faster than what he needs, like, he wants to. And I think that's calmed a lot of the young guys down, letting them play with their high energy, but he always got control of it. He's like a yo-yo. He got control of it all, at all times. And I love the way he's been a leader. Like, And I think the, the ties have changed. Like, the, the bench has to do a better job do a better job than the New Orleans bench, or it's not going to work. It's just not. It's going to be too much. It's going to be, you know, they're already down on their own. Aiden played very well last game, but... It's just tough. They're gonna have to play. T- they're gonna have to be better. Oh, uh, I got. Um, we're gonna talk about the Memphis and Minnesota game. I really like these games are Tuesday, so don't say oh, I, I don't say I picked the don't say I picked the um games early or whatever. I'm just giving you a rundown of the weekend. I know, or even Friday and stuff like that. Memphis, Memphis, like I think Jaws really getting caught up talking, and that's not. To me, that's not his game. He might talk in the game, but he's letting it bleed off the court. Like he's in the, I know it's um more highlighted when it's the playoff time, but he just gotta learn not to say nothing and focus in. Like his teammates are good. Like his all his teammates are good. He don't have no scrubs on the team, so he gotta learn how to just be a general. Like he gotta learn how to turn it down. They they antagonize him to be like try to be like a Kobe or take over the whole game. He don't have to be that. He just gotta be. He can get 20 assists a game, and they'll dominate. He'll get 8 points, 20 assists, 8 to 10 rebounds, and they'll dominate the game every time. But he's playing into that. I got to do it by myself. I got to be turning over. Like, it's you pick and choose, man. Like, you can average five, four to 5 points a quarter and get 20 points. But you got to, like, I, I, I just remember a player. I don't want to name drop. Like, I remember a player saying this, like, you got to, like, time your points. Like, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to get 20 points in one quarter. That drains you. So him getting five points, five assists per quarter, that will kill them. Like that will kill the Minnesota. He's doing everything. He's controlling the game. He can't have the ability to control. He's so like high energy frantic. Like he gotta pass it, get back and you know, get it set quickly, like run the run the break, dribble, drive, pass out, like move around, you know, go off screen, like just do do his stuff that he do and stop playing into their role. Like just dominate this team. Like they got the Edwards is Edwards was hit and miss like a whole year. So you can get a forty point Edwards, you can get a, a twelve point Edwards like Edwards. So hey, if he hot, it's dangerous. They dangerous. The guy Carlton Towns is pretty consistent. Like 
So they dangerous. So he got to understand he can't get in. And Pat Bell, Pat Bell, he going to get in your mind. He going to talk to you anyways. That's his job. And he play defense like that. So we going to see, man. We got to Memphis is Memphis and Brooklyn. They got some tough opponents. <laughs> but Memphis handled it way better than Brooklyn. But you know what I'm saying. Like, they, they could get upset easily. Like, same with Phoenix, though. Phoenix is in the same predicament. Like, they 2-2 right now. So. Hey, they better get it together out here because this could be some major upsets. And I ain't saying – I'm looking at, like, these teams have legitimate reasons. That's why the, the NBA is really spread out like that. You you think, like, like everybody thought the Lakers was going to be in the playoffs and be the number one or number two seed, and they didn't even make the playoffs. So that lets you know how how the ties have changed. Same with, like, the Hawks. The Hawks, I think the Hawks can – they went to the championship. Like they, they, they battling out. But I'm just saying, like they, they dangerous too. They have playoff on pedigree too. So they gotta understand that. They gotta do better. All that stuff matters and stuff like that. I don't think the Hawks. But that, that's leading right into what I was saying. The Hawks are gonna get beat. I don't know. They, I think they're gonna win. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're gonna win this next game. But I don't think they're gonna win the series. The Miami's too tough. But you know, my, they play well. They just got a game in, and. And go to state. I like them to win the next game. So those two games, that's what it is for me. And that's pretty much it. You know, I ain't gonna talk too much craziness like about sports, but we'll move along, move right along. We're gonna go to the awards. There's already been uh, a defensive player name, which was Marcus Smart. I really think he deserved this. I don't think this is like his best defensive year ever, which it might be in stat wise, but I mean like. He been playing like that since he came in the league. Like he just now finally get his respect. I think he finishes in the top usually every year, but he's finally got it. And I think they realize like, hey, we keep looking this guy over. They win a championship. They gonna be like, well, who did the defensive stopping? The guy on the perimeter locking every tough guy on the other teams. You know, you know what I'm saying. He been doing this, so I'm just happy he got his chance to win. I didn't, I didn't expect it, but I just, it's just like a norm. Whoever be voting. The other award that was named was um, Rookie of the Year. I think Scotty Barnes deserve that. That I didn't. Okay, he could he could easily have won, but I think Mobley should have won, and that's pretty much my. I think um, the reason why I feel like that is because well, Scotty Barnes. I'm just giving him his flowers. I think. He's deserving. I think like I I can't say I watched more games of his than I did most. I definitely paid attention to Cleveland way a little bit more. So I know, but I've seen like the the stat lines. Scotty Barnes picked up. He was very versatile, and his defensive presence was good as well. And he did a lot on offensively. Probably a little bit more consistent offensively, but he did get hurt in the beginning of the playoffs and stuff like that. So he kind of like tailed off a little bit, but. It is what it is. I think both guys are deserving, but if you had to flip a coin with me, it wouldn't matter. Both of them were deserving of it. Like it's, it's they, they, they were, they were the hands down the top two in the league. So as rookies, um, <clears throat> the awards that have not been awarded out yet, um, I'm still gonna go with Joel with MVP for obvious reasons. He's proving it right now in the playoffs. Game winner, dominating. Unstoppable, the best player on probably every team he plays, and then the other guys that um, well, other only one I think they got Giannis and Jokic, but Jokic is probably the other person that's favorite that's really have a chance to win, 
and I don't and I I don't like that. Like you could tell, like he's like he scores a lot, right? And he gets a lot of re offensive rebounds, but that's just offense. Like Joel literally dominates the game, like defensively on the perimeter, like from three to like low post. Like he drop, like he just is more complete to me. He's just a better player. Like it's like the, the film don't lie. He's more athletic, better. He's just stronger. Like he's more intimidating. He controls what the outcome of the game is way more because he can will his team to four wins in a series by himself. And I don't think Jokic can do that. Like they're struggling right now with the team they're playing right now. So he's not they're not the same. They're not they're not even I don't know. <laughs> um most improved the finalists for that is John Morant. Um I'm sorry, not not the finalists, but John Morant, I don't know how he's one of the finalists, but he should win. That's what I meant to say. He's one of the finalists. He should win. And the reason why, I, I don't know how he's the finalist because he won rookie of the year. He's most improved, but he won rookie of the year last year. So it's kind of confusing. It's like, obviously, because they, they went from being a lower seed to the number two seed. So that's that's improvement right there. So that's just like, that tells you he's gotten better. He's leadership-wise, definitely. Consistency-wise, he has. He didn't get hurt this year. Like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, he did, but he's back for the playoffs. So, yeah, I think you know, I'm a big John Morant fan. Like, he won. he's going to win most improved. But he should be in more than the MVP conversation, but he's not going to win. But I guess they got to give him some kind of award to show that he's the next guy in line to be, you know, considered a superstar. So, yeah. Coach of the year, Money Williams. I always I'm reiterate this, I think. He's been the most consistent coach to me in the last 10 years. Just, like, his teams that he's no longer with have gotten better and they stayed better. You know what I'm saying? Like, they fired him and they still good, you know? So you can't you can't argue with that. And, he, and look what he, he's done with the Phoenix Suns. Like, they went from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league. And that's over a two or a three to four-year span that he's since the on bubble and stuff. Like, it's transformed so drastically. And consistency and, and him motivating his team, his team being together, his team being they do they you know, they fight for each other. They they they're on one court and that's all because how the coach is and how he preaches and talks to them. And like they got great leadership in in their in their um older players and stuff like that with JaVel and C P three, they championship type guys and you know that's 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 why he should win. <laughs> Sixth man of the year should go to Cam Johnson for the same specific reason. What I was just talking about his coach and him elevating his play when he need to. But I don't think Cam's going to win. I think, you know, they have their obvious reason. Whoever voting, they got Tyler Hero in it, and I think they're going to make him win. But I don't see him being like a sixth man. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't give me, like, superior six man like he's just gonna be a scorer off the bench to me if he is coming i think he started a few games i don't know how that's working but it is what it is i think cam should win they probably gonna give it to tyler hero because he's more popular popularity over talent in this instance that's what i think they're gonna do because voters see a name they see you know oh he's in miami oh his girlfriend just had a bit you know stupid stuff like that they'll give him a reward for that i don't know you know how this go <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, I'm shout out to Miami though. They win some because I, I seen that. I think they want somebody to win out of Miami. They got Eric Spoelstra as being one of the top coaches too. They did get number one seed, but 
they they're pretty consistent. They got a good program over there. So yeah. That's pretty much it. <clears throat> oh, see, like that's pretty much it for sports. Before I even move along though, um I'm talking about I don't like the gospel, but I, I just be seeing like little stuff. I don't I find it this is coming from somebody that's just starting podcasts. I just find it's very people who want to shun people who have voices, like small people, like I'm just starting, I don't have a big fan base or whatnot, or even known for any any purpose or anything like that. I'm just gonna begin my journey on with podcasts. And I know I know whatever I speak on, I have real information of. Like I might not have the book, but I have experienced it or I've seen, you know what I'm saying? I got real information of like what I'm doing, like especially when it comes to sports, like I like the encyclopedia. Like when they used to play the ESPN, I used to be the kid that slept, went to sleep with ESPN on and they play ESPN every hour on the hour, like the same episode. I'm listening to while I'm asleep. So I'm big on like, like when it comes down to it, like I know the games because I, I, I studied it for a long time. So I won't speak on sports or anything like that unless I do know. I might not get the name right, like pronunciation or whatever, you know, but I know what I'm saying. And I don't like that people who are in like, I'm not going, you know, people who have platforms on TV or, or, you know, they work for this entity or company. They are like here shunning people that <laughs> calling them out on bullshit because they out here tap Jensen for their own boss and stuff. That's not cool. We just, you know, don't try to, the fact that y'all respond to like, I see people responding to like certain little small things, you know, like they getting a little, like, you, you know that they not really like for the, you know, so I just don't really like it. I just think they're just puppies up there. Like I get really agitated watching them and I don't like hearing them talk half the time. I just like to, um, you know, I get motivated by just like everybody having a pocket or having a platform. I just like less hearing it like, you know, just to step your game up type thing. But it ain't nothing to... <laughs> it's funny to me. That's all. And that's pretty much it. I want to definitely mention that. You know, a bunch of robots out here talking. So I try to um, give y'all, like, real material, like, what I see. So, yeah. Gotta get, get y'all the rundown of the draft. Um, That's it for sports. That's it for sports. Other stuff. In the world, I just talk about oh, like targeting influ influential people, like on small scales. I'm mean, I didn't mean it any like that, but go into it. I don't. I think we need to um, just unite like people who have smaller scale stuff, like just really unite and like make these people like stop being so flagrant with the type of like you know like type of way that they be banning people or just have their little ways of doing things to make people not get hurt i think that people need to really understand that i guess that's what i'm trying to say it's kind of like off it's unbalanced of things like a bunch of stupid people just getting a piece of paper that they say do this do that do this do that that's not what we need to hear we need to hear more vibrant people, more people that care about what the, what is really going on. Like, even if you're talking sports, don't be acting like you better than others. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I be seeing that. Like, and then they be, and then they be like talking cold on TV, and it's, it's just lame. It's lame. It's lame. I don't like it. 
they fake, they lame, and I just get really agitated by it. Like, I'm not even trying to be on TV. I don't even do stuff like this for, for like, put me on TV. But I just, I need people to get me, the real voices need to be heard. Like, not nobody, the, the real verses, voices need to be heard. Whether it's in sports, whether it's in uh, music, whether it's in TVs and shows and movies, like, real voices need to be heard. People who have something to really say need to be heard. Like, people are shunning people that have some real experience, real creativity down. Like, and, and I'm I'm here for it. There's still that. I'm here for it, and I'm going to continue to speak, and I'm going to continue to go hard. Thank you. <laughs> And that's pretty much it for today. I don't want to wait long, too long with it, but I appreciate y'all listening. Um, give y'all update. Next time, I'll give y'all update of what I've been writing as far as my um, movie script. I actually, like, hyped. I might give y'all a title, but, you know, you got to be consistently working on little stuff like that, but I be hyped about stuff like that. It's fun. And, yeah, that's pretty much it today. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dynasty the Podcast. We's out.